Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. 75 years is a long time in any business, certainly a long time in the Mon Valley, which has certainly had its ups and downs over the past 75 years. What does it take to keep a small family-owned business in business anywhere in the Mon Valley or anywhere else in the Pittsburgh area? And uh, what has one local business owner learned from his time running the family business? Charles Gala is our guest this morning. He is the owner, second generation owner, of Gala Jewelers in White Oak, originally in McKeesport. Uh, They are celebrating their 75th anniversary and are uh, throwing a little party for the public uh, October 5th through the 7th where they're asking customers to come back and uh, they want to catch up with them. Uh, He is our guest this morning and we're going to ask him some of these questions. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good. 75 years, 1948. Uh, is when your dad started the business. How did your dad come to get into the jewelry business? Um, he answered an ad in the Daily News Okay, for a bookkeeper for another independent jeweler, um, and that was 1939, um, and that was Goodman Jewelers. Okay. So he worked for Sam Goodman and Bernie Goodman for nine years, and then eventually branched out on his own by buying out a small a couple blocks away from Goodman's. McKees, downtown McKeesport in those days was supposedly the second largest shopping area in western Pennsylvania after downtown Pittsburgh. And I, I don't remember how many department stores there were. Do you, do you have any idea how many jewelry stores th- there would have been when your dad started his business? I'm not sure exactly the number when he started, but at one time there were 16 jewelers in downtown McKeesport. I, I, I was thinking, yeah, there was Gala, there was Goodman, there was D-Roy's, there, there were Moros, there were a lot. Yes, there was. And um, yeah, so everybody was uh, making a living, everyone was doing well, um, everyone, it was an honorable business, it still is, uh, but a lot of things were done on a handshake then, and they still to some degree are now, uh, but uh, it, it was a great time to be in business and uh my my father started out um with his life savings and borrowing money and uh did well over the years what would his popular items would have been what would people have been looking for in the in the 40s and into the 50s we were pretty diverse at that time um as were a lot of jewelers in that era um we carried not only fine jewelry which is what people asked for uh, watches. We we sold a number of brands of watches, but we also carried figurines. We carried giftware. Uh, we carried different sundries. It was almost a mini department store in the early days, and then that gradually um, transposed to different uh, different lines. Uh, 
a lot more figurines, a lot more giftware, but out of the uh, sundries, that type of thing that the, uh, the, the department stores were carrying. Um, and as we grew, we changed locations. And um, as we did, store space changed um, and what we carried changed until we came out to White Oak, where we are now. Uh, we're talking with Chuck Gala this morning. He is the owner, second generation owner of Gala Jewelers in White Oak. They're celebrating their 75th. I guess the store that I remember is the one that was across from Jason's department store uh, there on Fifth Avenue in McKeesport. You, you mentioned sundries. Um, I, I think a lot of jewelry stores in, the, in those days, they carried radios and, and small electronics and, and small appliances. Was that, was that something your dad carried in the store as well? All the above. We okay. carried all the above on okay. in those days. Did he do op- did he do optical as well? Because some jewelers, I think, also had an eyeglass business in 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 those days. Uh, that's my understanding, but we did not okay. venture into uh, optical at all. Okay, because I think Doctor Fetterbush was in the Goodman's building at one point. I think so too. The uh, the location you mentioned across from Jason's that was actually our third first location and our third location. Really. Um, okay. We were at 222 Fifth Avenue was the original store okay. for about uh, eight or nine years and moved over to 508 Walnut uh, across the street from the Golden Roll. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And then in 1969, moved back to uh, 226 Fifth Avenue, which was the store you were referencing okay. across from Jason's. Okay. Uh, don't want to get into into some sad memories, but... Um... McKeesport downtown started to have some hard times, some hard struggles, I guess, in 1976 when they had the big fire. In fact, a few years ago, we had a bunch of the firemen here on the radio to talk about that big fire in, in 1976. Uh, were you at the store when that fire broke out? Uh, yes and no. Okay. I um, had just finished my first year of college. Okay. I uh, was coming home down Bowman Avenue, and the ramp to McKeesport was closed. I was going to stop and see my dad. Yeah. And um, just went home. And my mom said, did you hear McKeesport's on fire? And I had not at the time. Um, I eventually, a couple hours later, went to the store and stayed overnight at the store uh, for security, for whatever. And uh, so I was uh, home for the summer and basically worked summers, uh, which I have since I was probably 11, 12 years old. So it's been a, a long time. I was I was going to ask, I figured you were a little bit young for that, but I was going to ask um, because so many people, even people who were only a few years old, have such memories of that fire. How did your dad, because that really did seem to be, it was not then long after that some of those longtime stores downtown began to close. And of course, we also saw the steel mills uh, beginning to lay people off. How did your dad survive that period? Do you know? Because that was a struggle for a lot of independent business owners. Um, it was an error. I started back full-time with my father in 1979, a couple of years okay. after the, the fire. Um, but I think uh, survival is the ability to adapt. And not necessarily the strongest person or strongest business, but if you're able to change with the times, and my dad was a great example of that, and hopefully I've done the same, uh, you know, I mentioned, we talked about housewares, we talked about figurines, uh, all of that has changed. And, uh, you know, eventually we um, made the decision to move out of the downtown area to White Oak. Um, and it wasn't just McKeesport that um, 
had hard times. It was mm-hmm. a lot of downtown areas. Braddock was yep. one. Braddock had a thriving uh, business in general uh, at one time, as did McKeesport. But um, uh, consumers have different shopping habits. Um, part of the struggle with McKeesport for us was when Eastland Mall. Opened. I was just going to say, what 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 did the shopping malls? start to do to business because not just Eastland Mall, but Southland Shopping Center opened, Monroeville Mall opened, and then of course in 78, 79, how, how things have changed, Century 3 Mall had opened and now Century 3 Mall was, has become the blight. But um, how, how did the, that change, that, that that migration out through the shopping malls? Um, it was difficult. And yeah. uh, it just, again, it's shopping habits. So yeah. the, the, the first big blow was Eastland. I mean, yeah. that was probably... Uh, from what I recall, and that's a little early in my career, um, a, a big uh, change for all of us that Eastland is not that far from downtown McKeesport. No, it was not. And that was a, a big change in habits. And then, like you mentioned, the other malls uh, came and, and went for the most part. Um, and it seems to be the trend nowadays is away from malls, more towards <laughs> Strip centers like yep. we're in now or lifestyle centers like the waterfront, uh, more so than even malls. Let's pause right there and let's pick it up b- back up on the other side. I want to ask you, uh, for one thing, how some of the styles have changed. How what you know, someone is looking for a wedding ring or an engagement ring or uh, earrings for a night out or even a wa- you mentioned wristwatches. I wear a wristwatch, but a lot of people wear smartwatches now. So I want to talk about how some of those trends have changed and how you've had to keep up with the trends, if that's okay. Um, engagement rings, it goes through cycles in color of gold. Um, when my parents were engaged, it was all white gold. When okay. we were engaged, my wife and I, um, back in the early 80s, um, it was yellow gold. Let, let's pick that up on the other side because I think it's it's it, I think it's fascinating how the fashions and the styles change. Chuck Gala is our guest this morning. He's the second generation owner of Gala Jewelers in White Oak. They're located uh, in the Oak Park Mall, which is at the corner of Lincoln Way and Route 48. They are having a 75th anniversary sale, October 5th, 6th, and 7th, and they're hoping to see a bunch of their uh, former customers and current customers as well. But that's what we're talking about, is being an independent business owner and and surviving these ups and downs in the Mon Valley. If you'd like to find out more about his business, galajewelers.com, G-A-L-A, or you can call them at 412-672-9631. From the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Striffler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Striffler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Striffler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at Striffler's.com or... Or call 412-678-6191. You mentioned you moved to, to White Oak from downtown McKeesport, and I think you maybe said this uh, on the air, but that would have been about 1994? 94, we moved to White Oak, that's correct. So you've been in White Oak, which is just, uh, you know, a stone's throw away from McKeesport, so you're still in that same area. You, you've been there almost as long as, as your dad was in downtown McKeesport at this point. And uh, that was a, a need to change. We sure. actually had the building we were in in McKeesport. So it was a, uh, or part owners, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a difficult decision to make, but we felt it was something we needed to do. Um, one of the things that uh, the consumer demanded was parking. Yeah. You don't think about it as much nowadays, but at the time, uh, parking in any downtown, and I guess that's still the same today, was, was not easy, and people wanted the uh, ability to, to park uh, near where they were going. Well, you mentioned that trend from downtown areas to shopping malls. But, and, and now it's swung back the other way to, to a large extent. And what, what developers say is people want the ability to park in front of the store and, and walk directly in. So we've, we've gone full circle they, they, and they want to be able to see from the outside. They don't want to have to walk all the way through the mall to, to get to the destination that they're going to. Yes, uh, that, that's a big thing with us. I mean, I, even for myself and my employees, we don't park near the door. That's reserved for customers. Even though we're the first ones here, we park at the far end of the lot uh, to allow those spaces for our uh, people who are making it convenient for them. How, how long did your dad stay with you in the business? Um, my father worked till he was 90. Wow. Um, in his mid-70s through his 80s, it was only a couple warnings a week. But he just loved talking to customers. He loved seeing people. Um, and by that time, I was really running the store in the uh, in the eighties. And uh, if it was a difficult task, as every any business owner would have, he says, "I don't do that anymore." My son does. So <laughs> it was great for him. And uh, he would come in uh, in the later years uh, when we opened at nine and stayed till about one o'clock. And then he would go down to McKeesport Y and swim there with his go. friends. Yep. And that was a, a, a routine three days a week. And the other time he was basically off and uh, spending time with my mom and family. That, that's where I learned to swim. So a lot of people uh, would go down there. Chuck Gala is our guest this morning uh, from Gala Jewelers in Whiteout, galajewelers.com. They're celebrating their 75th anniversary, and that's what we're talking about. One of the things we, we talked about before the break is the jewelry stores, back when your dad started the store in the 1940s, they sold a little bit of everything. They sold transistor radios and cameras and sun, small appliances, small electronics, things like that. Did your dad make and repair jewelry as well, or was he mostly getting it through other suppliers? We did not make jewelry. That's really even um, back then, even even today, is a little more uncommon. Yeah, um, we it had, is, sure is. We had a uh, full-time watchmaker at one time, and then at, for about a half a dozen years, we had two full-time watchmakers. Um, so we did the, the watchmaking work the one watchmaker also, uh, did a little bit of, uh, repairs on jewelry and watches, um, Frank Burina, great guy. Uh, he was with us for probably 15 years and he was our second watchmaker. So again, we had two employed at one time. That's from the days when we all wore a wristwatch that either you wound once a day or that self-wound when it was on your wrist. Uh, any call for that anymore? Does, do, do people still wear wristwatches you have to wind up? Not so much wind up right now. The yeah. trend is towards either uh, a solar or light technology mm-hmm. or a battery watch. Okay, uh, sure. So it's the wind up or the automatic if you moved your wrist. Yeah. Um, but as you may have mentioned or we talked about briefly, um, 
smartwatches, yeah, cell phones. Uh, my my son does not. I wear a watch, a wristwatch, a traditional watch. Yeah. Um, in addition to a smartwatch, they make fun of me because I wear both. Uh, my son doesn't wear either. He just relies on his phone completely. Okay. So, um, so watches is is something that uh, at one time, even here in White Oak, we carried eight brands of watches stocked and carried. Now we don't stock any watches. Oh, is that right? Yeah, we order them as needed, but we don't stock them. It's just been a uh, a, a trend that I've seen. It's either the very high end watches that start at four, five, six thousand um, dollars, or it, it's become something that uh, very inexpensive watches. Just disposable fashion type watches. Right. Yeah. So you that's you mentioned an area we we wanted to go into. You mentioned before the break, and I, I paused you there so we could take that brief pause. Uh, one of the fashion trends in fine jewelry is is white gold to yellow gold and, and, and back again. Have have settings, for instance, changed? And the setting, I guess, is, is the part that actually the gems are actually held into the ring or into the bracelet. Have, have, do those go in and out of fashion as well? They do. Um, for a number of years, and even still now to some degree, but not as much, the halo where there would be a diamond surrounding the center diamond. Okay. And it made the center look larger. And we still sell a good number of halos, but not as much as it was uh, even as recently as four or five years ago. All right. I learned. A, I just learned something new. I just learned a new term, and that's halo. Uh, there, there's a term as well for when you just have the gem itself sort of setting proud by itself. Um, what is that terminology? Solitaire. Solitaire. Uh-huh. Yeah, solitaire diamond. Yeah, we, we're seeing more towards solitaires or um, side stones, but not necessarily a halo around the center. Um, and the more interesting things in diamond trends for engagement rings is uh, custom. Custom has been a, a, a huge factor for us. And at one time, the way you did custom, at least in engagement rings, you would hand carve a wax and then cast it. But now with technology, it's become computer-aided design. And with 48 hours, when I start a project, I can have a video with a computer-aided design to show you exactly what your ring would look like. You want to make a small change or even a big change, we can do that before we actually make the ring. But uh, so we can do it any way you want, anything you want. You could put colored stones, which is becoming popular now. Uh, sapphires is side diamond or side stones. Uh, emerald rubies is side stones. Um, we just completed recently a beautiful diamond engagement ring with an aquamarine emerald cut and a pear-shaped diamond, two large center stones. But that was something the customer wanted, and we did a computer-aided design and made it for What do you think your dad would have said to see uh, you on a computer or one of your staff on a computer designing this ring, and then 48 hours later, there, there's the video, and, and there's the casting getting ready? I, I think he would have been truly amazed, but um, at the same time, my dad was very adaptable to change. Sounds like he would have embraced it, yeah. Yeah, he would have embraced it because he, um, he, he just was. You know, it was a depression child, and he was. He just realized you have to change as as times change. 
And even the move from McCuspor was a difficult time for him. But um, yeah, he would have he would have been very surprised. But uh, he would have just said, "Boy, that's a that's a great concept. That's fantastic. You're able to do that." Let's pause right there. When we come back from the break, I want to ask you about two things. One is when someone comes to see a jeweler such as yourself uh, for an engagement ring or cocktail ring or something like that. What are some things they should be prepared to ask you? And 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 what are some of the pro- some of the process? Assuming they're not buying something out of the case what's some some of the questions they should ask you and i also want to ask you you're a bit of a world traveler you go back and forth to antwerp uh to inspect gems uh so i want to ask you about some of those experiences as well okay okay chuck gala is our guest uh, for a few more minutes he's the owner second generation of gala jewelers which is celebrating its 75th anniversary this year they're having a celebration for their past and, and current customers october 5th 6th and 7th you can find out more about that by going to galajewelers.com or you can call them at 412-672-9631 from the tube city center for business and innovation in downtown mckeesport this is two rivers 30 minutes and we'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. Support for this broadcast comes from the City of McKeesport Fair Housing Office. Fair housing is your right, and the Fair Housing Act prohibits discrimination in housing because of race, color, national origin, religion, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, family status, or disability. That includes renting or buying a home, getting a mortgage, seeking housing assistance, or engaging in other housing-related activities. For more information about Fair Housing Act protections in the City of McKeesport, Call 412-675-5020, extension 635. You travel, uh, I I don't know how many times a year, to to Antwerp, Belgium. Why is that? Um, Antwerp has been historically a trading center for diamonds. It was neutral in a lot of the wars and conflicts in Europe. Uh, People felt safe um, as as a trading area. It wasn't necessarily an area that, cut diamonds nor uh, set diamonds, but it was a big trading center. So we had, through one of our buying groups, the ability to travel there and had access to some of the large dealers. Uh, So we went for two reasons. Uh, Number one, we felt we got a better price. Uh, and most importantly, we had a better choice, better selection. Um, there were probably a five-block area of high-rise buildings, older, when I say high-rise, three-story, four-story yeah. buildings that had um, different offices where we had the ability to go there and to compare and to buy. And what I would do, we started doing this in the early 80s, um, once or twice a year, uh, go there. We would select five or six diamonds, set them aside, go to another uh, cutter, pick some more diamonds. And then within 24 hours, we would make a decision as to which diamonds we were keeping and bringing back for our customers. So we offered a service to, if you were looking for something, to come by it, uh, to select it. And we would uh, tell them, this is what we can do. We'll do this size, this quality, this price, or better. 
and we would agree on something, and then we bought for the store also at the same time. I, I think you're what's you're what's called a certified gemologist. Are you not? Am I correct about that? You are correct. Uh, that was uh, my gemological training was done in California after college, and uh, so I was trained in diamond grading, color stone grading, uh, diamond and color stone identification. That's my niche. Did you and did you did you intend to take over the business from your dad? Because I know sometimes there's a little bit of tension. People don't, you know, they don't necessarily want to do what mom or dad did. did, did was this always your 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 hope that you'd be able to take over the family business? Uh, probably at age ten or eleven, I made that decision and never looked back. Awesome. And it, it's been a great business. It's been, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting older, so I know at some point in time I, I will retire. I'm not sure it's going to be ninety when my dad retires, but it's you know at some point I am. And uh, I just, I love the business. I'm, I'm going to miss the people. The people are the, the best part of it. But I've always known what I wanted to do. So that was always been my career choice, my goal. Uh, and my son's the same way, but in a different industry. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we both are pretty well set in our ways. One of the, This is an educational show. We try to educate people. And one question is, you know, someone is, is a young person, maybe they're just starting out and they want an engagement ring or they want to buy a, 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 a ring or a gift for their sweetheart. What should they be prepared? What kind of questions should they be prepared to ask you? And what kind of questions are they going to have to answer uh, that, that you or, or one of the members of your staff is going to ask them? I mean, I, I think in general, you would ask what you're buying, what quality you're buying. It, it has someone like us or uh, another store explain the criteria, the color, the clarity in diamonds, what carat weight is. Uh, with the, uh, the internet, you can do a lot of knowledge ahead of time, and we welcome that. I mean, I'll be happy to talk to anybody about anything, uh, prices, color, clarity. Um, I would also be sure you understand what you're getting. Uh, get it in writing. Uh, if you go to some of these big box stores, that you would be amazed at what I see on receipts that don't even have a, a diamond weight. It just oh, roughly this, roughly that. Um, uh, antiquated terms, terminology. Um, so I would say, ask questions. Re read the the warranty. Read the guarantee. Read uh, the re the return policy. Uh, and, and you have to feel comfortable with who you're dealing with whether it's us or another independent store or, uh, you know, almost any direction you would go. You just have to be comfortable with who you're dealing with. That would be my best advice. And, and I would assume that you've just talked to me for half an hour. I, I would assume most jewelers like yourself are happy to, to answer questions and are happy to talk about, are excited to talk about the products that they sell. Absolutely. I mean, we have uh, some great staff members. We just uh, brought on a, uh, gal with 30 years experience about a year and a half ago she's fantastic and she's just so excited to talk to people and uh you know and i think my, my staff is that in general they're um you know you and i have talked about what i do but i would tell you my success has really been the people who work with me uh, more so than me alone but by far there's no way i could have done or the store could have done what they have done without, uh, you know, fantastic employees. Not always easy to find them, but when we do find them, uh, they you keep them. A good, good people. They tend to stay for a while, and they, they make my job much easier. Final question. You're, you're second-generation owner of the store. Are you seeing second and, and third and fourth generations of customers that your dad 
would have helped back in the 40s and 50s? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we've, uh, we're selling, I'm selling engagement rings to uh, customers. My, their, their grandparents or great-grandparents bought rings from my, my father. Uh, in some cases, I've sold rings to their grandparents and parents. And I'm not that old, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very generational, and and that's for us um, a pleasure doing that. But it also makes me feel good that you know I came here because my mom recommended me. I came here because my grandparents came, and you treated them well, and I feel comfortable you're going to treat us well. And that's that's a big thing with me to to have that um, trust in us. 75 years is a long time to stay in business. I know you said someday you want to retire, but because I, I was going to say 75 years more for you. Uh, Gala Jewelers is in White Oak. Uh, they were founded in 1948. And thank you all for listening this morning to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.